This morning, I would like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, the fourth book of the New Testament, the fourth of the Gospels. This morning, we're going to begin our time right at the beginning of the Gospel of John. We've already heard some of the Gospel of John read for us, verse 4, uh, 14 in the Advent reading this morning. This morning, we're going to um, begin our reading in verses 1 through 5. And then, trust me, you're going to want to keep your Bible open as we spend time in many scriptures throughout the Gospel of John this morning. We're going to consider the Christmas account as it is given to us in the Gospel of John. Now, some of you might be surprised. You're thinking, as those of you who are familiar with the Gospel accounts, you're thinking, you know the Christmas account in Luke. We read it on Christmas Eve. You know the accounts in Matthew, which is relatively lengthy, and you know the account in Mark that's pretty short, but there's, there's a birth account, there's a Christmas account, but you're wondering, where is the account of the birth of Jesus? Where's the in- account of the incarnation in the Gospel of John? Now, each one of the Gospels are unique, and the perspective and the wisdom and the revelation that they give to us about who our Savior is, who Jesus is. But the account of John is particularly unique because there isn't a singular birth narrative. There isn't a singular Christmas account. Instead, the origin of Jesus and the purpose of his coming is scattered. I would even say it runs like a thread throughout the whole of the Gospel of John. More than that, we're given a specific and thorough account of not only how he came, which is what the other Gospels really give us so helpfully, they give us an account of how he came, but in the Gospel of John, we're given an account of why he came. Please follow along with me in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is the account of the coming of Jesus in the Gospel of John. In this opening statement about Jesus, we have a a summary or perhaps an introduction to the themes and the purposes uh, that are then scattered throughout the remainder of the Gospel of John. I would invite us to look again at those verses. It's actually just verses 1 through 5 there. At the beginning, it begins with these words, in the beginning was the Word. Now, So you know right away that speaking of Jesus, Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word. He was God, it says, and he was with God. This is essential to our understanding of Jesus, that when we speak of Jesus, we're speaking about God. He is himself God, and we are given a glimpse into the Trinity right away in the Gospel of John. Then we're told that all things were made through him. Like I said, we're going to stay in the text, so follow along with me. You can see it right in front of you. He was in the beginning with God. 
All things were made through him. We're going to talk a great deal about the, the, the nature of the Father sending the Son. But at the beginning, we're told that Jesus is creator and all things owe their existence to Jesus' generosity. Yes, the Father sends the Son and that is an act of generosity by the Father. But the Son has given all things existence. And friends, there's no greater generosity than to be given being. This is the gift of the word to all of creation. It was not, and then it is, because the word created. Right from the beginning of this account, Jesus is presented as creator. From Jesus comes the gift of existence. Jesus is generous. And we're told right there at the beginning that this generous Jesus who is the creator, we're told, in him was life. We'll talk about this at length later on in the message, but this is key to our understanding of Jesus in the Gospel of John. In Jesus is life. And then we're told the light shines in the darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. He's shining, bringing the gift of knowledge and revelation to a people who are blind, who simply cannot see without him. Not only are we blind as we stumble around in darkness without revelation, we are blind, unable to see, unless he shines a great light. Now, we're given this right at the beginning, these, this understanding of who Jesus is and, and why he's come right at the beginning of the Gospel of John. Later in the Gospel of John, in, in John chapter 20, verse 31, it tells us why Jesus tells us all, uh, why John records for us all of these things about Jesus. I want you to hear this so you understand what the application point is for us. What are we supposed to take away from all of this reflection through the Gospel of John? John chapter 20, verse 31. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is the one who has come from the Father. He is the King. He is the light. He is the life. He is the Word. He is the Creator. He is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. The question for us, as we spend time in the word this morning, is will we believe in this Christ? This is a purpose statement, the reason for which the gospel is written, that we may believe. So this Christmas, may you come to truly believe in Jesus, who has come from the Father, who has given light of truth and eternal life to all who believe in him. Heavenly Father, I pray that in the next few moments as we spend time in the Gospel of John, that you would grant to us this gift, the gift of faith for everyone in this room, that we would grow in our faith, that we would increase in our belief, that we would put off unbelief for the one who is in this room who has not believed. I pray that your word would accomplish belief in them, your spirit would would illuminate the revelation that is Jesus Christ to them. 
He would work in these words for the salvation of the lost and the encouragement and equipping of your church. Thank you, Lord. We trust you for this as we turn to your word in the next moments. Amen. We're going to look through a, a small collection of things that we can learn throughout the Gospel of John. And the first thing, and really it's the, probably the most prevalent thing as you work your way through the Gospel of John about Jesus, is the Son is sent by the Father. The Son is sent by the Father. In John chapter 1, prior to the incarnation, we see that Jesus was with God, right? We saw it right at the beginning. And Jesus was God. This gives us a glimpse at the incarnation. And then the remainder of John speaks often of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The whole of the Gospel of John is a very Trinitarian book. The Father, or the One, or Him, the way that John puts it, the Father, or the One, or Him, quote, who sent me, that phrase, the Father who sent me, is a phrase that's used over two dozen times throughout the Gospel of John. All right, you could read it, and you'll find it in almost every single chapter. You'll hear the phrase repeated throughout these scriptures. Listen to John chapter 8, verse 18. Like I said, I know it's here. I know it's here. Wouldn't it be great if it was here too? And I'll give you a chance to flip through. Now we can underline it. You can find it, and you can find it later in the scriptures, if you would please. John chapter 18, verse, John chapter 8, verse 18. I am the one who bears witness about myself, Jesus speaking, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. The Father who sent me, that phrase, there it is. The incarnation is, by Jesus' own testimony, a gift from the Father. The incarnation is the Father sending the Son. Jesus is actually the gift of Christmas. It sounds so trite. That means we're busted. We're broken. We don't get it, if that sounds trite. Jesus is the gift from the Father, sent from the Father to the world. The incarnation is generosity. There is a a, there's no greater gift given than that the Father would give the Son. The Father is giving us God. Emmanuel, God with us. John chapter 7, verse 33. Jesus speaking again, I will be with you a little longer, and then I'm going to, I'm going to him who sent me. Who's he speaking of? He's speaking of the Father, him who sent me. He's going to be with you a little longer because the Father sent him to dwell among a people that the Father had given to him, and now he is going to return to the Father. He's from the Father, and he's returning to the Father. But before the Son ascends to the Father, the Father and the Son give the gift of the Holy Spirit to the disciples. Here's John chapter 20, verses 21 through 22. And the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. The Father sent me. Now I'm sending you. And we had, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. The Father is generous in giving the Son. 
The Son is generous in giving the Spirit to the disciples. The first reality that we have to know and remember about the nature of the incarnation is the incarnation is the generosity of the Son coming to us from the Father. The second thing that we can know about the incarnation in the Gospel of John is the Son came to reveal the truth. We've actually already seen this. We've already seen this right at the beginning of the Gospel of John, but we can see it throughout. The Son came to reveal the truth. John chapter 18, verse 37. John 18, 37. Jesus is speaking with Pilate. Right? He's about to be crucified. Pilate is going to send him off to his death. And Jesus' words are, for this purpose I was born. Now, I'm interested. I'm listening. Because he's just said, for this purpose I was born. Don't you want to know what the meaning of Christmas is? Like, you hear that all the time. It's in all the movies. And sadly, very few of them even mention Jesus, let alone the biblical response to the question, what is the purpose of Christmas? For this purpose, I was born. For this purpose, Christmas. I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. It's the answer. It's the meaning of Christmas. That the Son, Jesus Christ, sent from the Father, would bear witness to the truth. Jesus came into the world. The purpose of the incarnation is truth. Jesus reveals the truth. But such things are too glorious for us. They sound like light and glory. And it comes down, is incarnate, dwells among us, a people who dwell in darkness. It's like a light is turned on in a people living in a cave. Such things are too glorious to us. In our state of rebellion and sin, what is good, what is truth, ought to condemn us. We're the ones dwelling in the darkness in the cave. There's a real spiritual blindness to the human condition. This is why it's such a tragedy that the answer to the question, what is the meaning and purpose of Christmas, is so often answered apart from Christ and apart from God. It just means that we're stumbling around making stuff up in the darkness without the truth. Jesus comes and he gives us truth. He gives us access to reality and light. Jesus bears witness to the truth. The truth to which mankind has so blatantly become blind. Often we hear the word spiritual and we think that that basically means things that are outside of reality, you know, like supernatural things. I mean, natural things are the really, really true things. And supernatural things are like, you know, stories. And things that you think about but aren't, aren't real. But Jesus bears witness to the truth. The truth to which mankind has become blind. Jesus has come to bear witness and reveal reality. A reality that includes the supernatural. It's not natural that Jesus was born to a virgin. That's not natural. But Jesus has revealed to us that which is supernatural and spiritual and real. He's shown light that we have not seen apart 
from him, that which is of utmost importance, which is enduring, and which is eternal. What, what Jesus has done is he's revealed to us God. This is why John speaks of Jesus' coming as giving light. Look at John chapter 1, verses 9 and 12. John chapter 1, verses 9 and 12. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus, the light, not only exposes what is hidden in darkness, when the light turns on, all of a sudden you see what's really going on in the room, right? Recently in our home, I moved one of our couches so we could sort of orient it toward the TV a little better. And light shone in the darkness, friends, all right? When the light turns on, you can see what was hidden underneath of our couch. But this light is not only reveals what's there, it, this light also brings what was not there. That we can actually see the light itself. He not only exposes what's hidden in darkness, our sin and unbelief, Jesus is the light that has come and we see him. Do you see that? We see the, the Prince of Glory, right? We see the glory of the light of Christ, the gift of Jesus is the gift of seeing God. And those who see and believe have the right to become children of God. This is the meaning of Christmas. John chapter 3, verse 34. For he whom God has sent, there it is again, he whom God has sent utters the words of God. What do we get when we get Jesus, he whom God has sent? We get the words of God, words that we didn't have as we were stumbling around in the darkness. We get new words that shine like light. We get the words of God, revelation, light for the world. The purpose of the incarnation is for Jesus to speak God's words, words that we would not know, words that we don't have access to apart from the coming of Jesus. And we've heard them. This should move us. We have heard the words of God from God with human lips, heard by human ears. Not felt deep in human hearts. Not thought deep in some subconscious meditation. God has come and dwelt among us in the person of Jesus, and he used words with a human mouth. And disciples with human ears heard it. This is the way that John himself, in another one of his letters, in 1 John chapter 1, he says this, that which was from the beginning, speaking of Jesus, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. That's astounding. They've touched the one who speaks light. The life was made manifest, and we've seen it, and testify to it, and proclaim to you eternal life. The incarnation reveals the truth that we have heard, and touched, and seen, and have been recorded for us that we could hear them again. 
Jesus, the Son, has come to reveal the truth. We also see in the Gospel of John that the Son came to do the will of the Father. John chapter 4, verse 34. The Son came to do the will of the Father in this way. My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. What gets Jesus up in the morning? What sustains him throughout his day? You know, for me, I can hear Sandy, she's already up, and she, I can hear the burr grinder running, and then I can hear our espresso machine turn on, and I think perhaps I'll get up in an hour or so. Um, and I, <laughs> coffee, perhaps some breakfast. Cinnamon rolls worked for me on Christmas morning. It gets me up in the morning, sustains me through the day. Cinnamon rolls, yes. Jesus thinks the words of God and thinks the will of the Father. And it gets him up in the morning. And it's what sustains him throughout. My food is to do the will of the Father. His food, his sustenance is to do the will of the Father. He has a, a work to do. And that work is the Father's will. Now this becomes fascinating that's great to hear. Jesus is really into doing the will of the Father. That sounds glorious. What is it? What's the will of the Father? We're still in the darkness. Jesus does it. What is it? Until we get to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verses 38 through 40. We have no right to know what this tells us. I mean, you go knocking on the doors of heaven. Hey, like to know what you're doing. My kids do this to me quite often. What are we doing today? I'm like, I mean, I can, I can tell you, but honestly, it's kind of complicated. It's a difficult day, and I, I don't really have time to explain it to you right now. And to be honest, if I explained it to you, you just have 50 other questions that you don't understand. Just trust me and do what I say today. Like, that's how I feel. I just told my kids all how I really feel when they ask me what my will is for the day. All right, you guys got to all here. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Knock on the door of heaven and say, hey, um, what's your will for the day? Like, what are you doing? What are you up to today? Tell us what's going on. And God's like, <laughs> you have no right to even ask. You wouldn't understand it anyway. It's like David a couple weeks ago in the Psalm. These things are too glorious for you. And yet the sun comes. And you know what he does? He isn't only dedicated throughout the whole of his day like it's food to do the will of the Father. He also graciously, more graciously than this father to his children, he reveals the will of the Father. John chapter 6, verse 38. For I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me. Again, that ought to floor us. What? Like, Jesus, you're about to tell us what the will of the Father is? I'm glued to this. I want to know what comes next. That I should lose nothing of all that he, the Father, has given me, but raise it up on the last day. What's the will of the Father? To give to the Son a people, and that the Son wouldn't lose any of them. 
That's the will of the Father. And what gets Jesus up in the morning? What's he busy with all day long so that he didn't even have time to eat, but he's sustained by it? Keeping that people. This is the will of my Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. You didn't even have to knock. Said heaven came down and he said, hey, kids, I want to tell you what my will is for me, for the Son, and for you who believe. What a gift. We know the will of the Father. This is an aspect of the light that Jesus reveals. Jesus tells us what the will of the Father is. The, the Father's generosity is to the Son. Don't miss that. We think of Christmas as God's gift to us. But Christmas is also, and first of all, according to the will that is revealed here, that, that Christmas is actually God's gift to the Son that he would be born and be given a people. That's Christ Jesus' Christmas gift. It's the will of the Father to give a people to the Son. All that the Father gives to me, gives me, will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out, he says. The Father's generosity to the Son is that he would have a people. And that becomes the Father and the Son's generosity to us. That we might be that people. And we, who are that people by faith alone, might have eternal life. That's the will of the Father. That's the purpose of the Son's coming. Which leads us to the third item about the Son's coming, which is the Son came, you should already know this one, the Son came, to give eternal life. The Son came to give eternal life. Y'all know this one, John 3, 16. We're gonna go on through 17. For the God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loved the world in this way that he gave the Son. For God did not send his son, typically it says God sent his son for this reason. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved in him. God sent his son that the world might be saved in him. God gave the son that whoever believes would not perish, but have eternal life and so be saved. This is the purpose of Christmas. This is the purpose of the incarnation. This is the purpose of God taking on flesh. John chapter five, verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me. You see that? Believes, so we believe Jesus and we believe the words of the Father, him who sent me. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. You see, Jesus' words give us light. It's as we hear and believe the words of Jesus, which are him uttering the words of the Father, that we pass from darkness and into light, and we pass from death and into life. It's only through faith in Jesus that we receive the benefit of the gospel. We receive the gift of eternal life. Why was Jesus sent? 
that we might have eternal life in Him. This is the gift of Jesus. This is the generosity of our God. The Son came to glorify the Father. Man, we would be making a mistake if we missed this one. The Son came that the Father might execute His will, which was to give a gift to the Son. And the Son came to glorify the Father. This beautiful love between Father and Son that we have been gifted to enter into. John chapter 12, verse 27. Now is my soul troubled. He's speaking about his impending death. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say about the, the impending crucifixion? Father, save me from this hour? No. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Why did Jesus come? So that he would come to this hour. Why did he come to this hour? So that he might glorify the Father. Jesus said these words as he came to Jerusalem to give him his life as a sacrifice in the place of sinners. Jesus came to die. Jesus, listen, Jesus came. He took on flesh so that he might die in the place of sinners. This is the meaning of Christmas. For this purpose, for this hour, Jesus came and by his sacrifice, the Father is glorified. The, the, the Father's will is executed by the obedience of the Son in his sacrifice. Jesus came to glorify the Father through the sacrifice made for sinners to secure for himself a people that the Father had given to him. By this sacrifice, all who believe have eternal life. These are all woven together. They are, they're all the purpose of the Son taking on flesh. And so the Son has taught us the Son, who came in order to glorify the Father, has taught us who find life in Him how we are to use that life to join the Son in the purpose of glorifying the Father. The Son taught us how we can do what He does, although we get to do it, not through our own perfect obedience, but by grace through faith. Because of the finished work of Christ, we get to join in the joy of the Son, which is glorifying the Father. Listen to John 15, verses 8 through 9. By this is my Father glorified. Now, if you're listening, how might we do what Jesus finds so satisfying, which is to glorify the Father? By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, Jesus says. Abide in my love. Remain in my love. We abide in his love, a love shared between the Father and the Son. And in this love and in this life, so we abide there. By faith, we believe. What's the purpose of John? That we would believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And that believing in him, that faith would carry us on to hear the words of the Father and walk according to him by faith. In this love we bear much fruit as we lay down our lives for the sake of making that good news known among the nations. Continuing to execute the will of the Father based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. 
so that all who belong to the Son might receive eternal life. I'll recap five things. The Son is sent by the Father. This is Christmas. The generosity of the Father in giving the Son. The Son came to reveal the truth. Now he reveals what we've hidden under our couches. He reveals our sin, our brokenness, what Matt called earlier our need. And he revealed himself. Third, the Son came to do the will of the Father. And we aren't in the dark about what the will is. The The will of the Father is to give a people to the Son that that people might be kept for eternal life forever. Fourth, the Son came to give eternal life to the people who believe in his name. Fifth, the Son came to glorify the Father. And so do we. This is the purpose of the incarnation. This is the purpose of Christmas. May we see God, believe God, and glorify God. This is our purpose. The will of the Father for the people that have been secured for the Son is that we would see God, that we would believe God, and we would glorify God through the incarnation, through the Word made flesh, through Christmas, through the Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray today that we would believe. Lord, for those who are in this room who do not believe, but continue in worldliness, that think that they can continue to hide under the couch, or perhaps do not believe because they are trusting in their own self-righteousness. Lord, I pray that your light would shine, that the work, the purpose for which the Gospel of John is given to us by your Spirit, inspired, inspiring the author John to give us these words, that they would believe that your church this morning would be built up in faith, that we would see and savor the Savior who is Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this account. I pray that your church would be equipped and encouraged to glorify your name, even in the moments that we have remaining this morning and as we are sent to go and be your church. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen.